Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Yeah, it's that time again. My name is Bill Matz. I'm the director of fun and games for the evening. It's uh, the fun never stops in Flyers land, fam. It's a maybe the season hasn't begun yet, but the bad news certainly has. Or is it bad news? We'll get into it. Uh, It's man. They are cursed. There's no other explanation. They're cursed. Uh, and there's uh, maybe they really do need to bring back the Kate Smith statue. All right, let's just get into it. Uh, <laughs> let's leave things off with the fly by herself, Kelly Hankel. First, I'm very excited about the low hum of HVAC that's in this secret recording lair. It's going to make editing a lot of fun for me personally. Um, but also, I know not everyone that listens to us is on Twitter. Um, the sane people are not on Twitter. But if you don't know this, there's a guy that drives race cars called Ryan Ellis, and he is the most fun human being in the world. Like, he is fully engaged in Flyers Twitter simply because his name is Ryan Ellis and is just, like, having the best time with it. I saw a tweet today that apparently his sponsors want him to, like, lean all the way in to being called Ryan Ellis and do some kind of, like, Ryan Ellis versus Ryan Ellis. Like, hockey Ryan Ellis would never do it because hockey players are humorless. But it's just fun. There's at least one person having a good time right now, and I, it's a guy that drives race cars. <laughs> this is is so he's like the new at Ron. He's, yeah. He might be better than at Ron. At Ron was a very good sport, but this guy is like more proactively engaged. This is Ron interesting. Was. I haven't I haven't seen this. I have to look into it. Like it's maybe during the show today. <laughs> it's a delight. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Ryan well, Ellis at least one at least podcast. one Ryan Ellis exists. At least one. We can confirm. We can, in fact, confirm. We should have Racing Ryan Ellis on this podcast. Why not? I bet he would do it. He would definitely he would. do it. 
Like I can imagine the like is he like a NASCAR driver? Like yeah, he's he. So he's a he's a NASCAR driver who is in like the second tier of okay. NASCAR. Okay. Like the tier the tier below the main uh like the main group. I can't imagine there's much crossover between hockey and like racing, but maybe there's something there. From theathletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. So I will say, kind of following up on what Kelly said about the Ryan Ellis racer thing, the one thing that makes me happy about that particular like social media deal is that like I'm kind of desperately waiting for the fan base, particularly the online fan base is the one I have to like interact with the most for my job. I I can't wait for that fan base to just give up on being angry all the time and just go full. Like this is like, this is so bad. It's funny. So let's just go full Ottawa senators and make fun of it because like, that's a lot. We are the sickos. That's a lot more enjoyable than having people yell at me all the time. It's much better if people are just laughing at how much of a joke all this is. Because, like, legitimately, this this is a black comedy. Like, everything yes. that can possibly go wrong with a hockey team is going wrong with the Flyers. And rather than just get pissed off about it, you're better served just laughing at it. Because it's so yes. utterly ridiculous that what else can you do? Charlie, in your article on Couturier's injury, you had one sentence that I just, I just was so happy with. But those who have followed the Flyers in recent years know that rational prognostication should be thrown out the window at this point. It yes! It yes! Should. You That's were advocating show, that I'm the, the voice of reason. That's what this means. That's what, yeah. I don't know if you realize that's what you were alluding to, but me, I'm the one who's been irrational this whole time, and I was right. <laughs> I have a really hard time calling this Flyers team funny. And I have one of the darkest sense of humors. It's funny at this point. It really is. No. It's hilarious. So let's look at all of the things that have happened, right? Like, there are the funny things. Last but certainly not least, Steph Lish's D, Steph Driver. (laughs) Thank you, William. So there are the funny things for sure. Justin Braun tops that list. Like that's a funny thing. Um, then there are the not funny things, like Ivan Fedotov. Not funny. True. That's not funny. True. Like Putin activated the military last night, and that's where Ivan Fedotov it's is not out. No. Funny, like ha ha, but it no. it fits with the. What other completely ridiculous fucking thing could happen? And, like, again, we've said it multiple times. It's a guy's life. But just the impact it has on a stupid goddamn hockey team is kind of funny. Like, the Flyers have no backup goalie because there's a war going on on another fucking side of the world. And and a dictator has decided that this young goalie is the guy that he's going to use as an example, which is like, yeah. that's not funny. It's, it's crazy pants. It is crazy. Uh, but of, but and of course the, it was the, the other flyers. That, of, course of course it was, it the, was flyers. the flyers. <laughs> it had to be the flyers. There was no one else that was going to be. Um, and then, you know, then there's the other thing that also implicates 
multiple players in the league on multiple teams that is just hanging out in the background. And that's the Team Canada situation that Carter Hart hasn't been cleared from. So there's a lot of things that are just not funny. They're not funny. But then again, the fact that it is all happening to the Flyers at the same time that shit is funny. Yeah, and exactly. Like, like the the individual things are not funny. It's not funny that Sean Couturier's career is now in question. It's not funny that Ryan Ellis yeah. might not be able to play another hockey game. It's not funny that Oscar Limblom got cancer. It's not funny that Nolan Patrick's career might be over. Like none of this is funny. But as a collective whole, it is funny that like it's every single hilarious. bad thing that could possibly happen to anyone related to the Philadelphia Flyers is happening in like a three year yeah. span. That is actually kind of funny. And in there like was a, like in, in like a Cohen Brothers style type of humor. And there was like a uh, you know highly regarded hometown player available this off season, and they got the one that no one wanted. <laughs> hold of, the fuck up! Instead of I, the hold one the everyone fuck up. wanted. <laughs> yep. Yep. Hold Hilarious. the entire fuck up because this this drove me batshit over the weekend. So the Flyers are actively pushing Tony D'Angelo, which I've had a lot of really complicated feelings about, which I will, uh, uh, sure, what the hell, why, why not? So on the scale of all of the bad hockey things, all of the really shitty, terrible things that happen in hockey, right? We've heard the worst in the past, I'd say two years, we've heard the absolute worst from um assaults to assaults and assaults and assaults really is what it is felonies um it tony d'angelo yeah he sucks the guy sucks not a good guy but on a scale from 1 to 10 he's like a 6 whereas the chicago blackhawks are a 10 <laughs> jesus i feel like that's like, way too right. like like i feel like a 6 is a little high if if the Blackhawks are a ten, yeah, like six is more really like a three, high. Three I don't no, remember. I, I think I said a four the other day. Like I, I mean, yeah. If if the Blackhawks are my a mood 10, changes, sure. but like he's not a good guy. Yeah, I mean, like he, we know that. Yeah, I mean, he's been like the 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 allegations basically are that he's said racist and homophobic things. That's not good. No, 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 no one said no it's one's good. arguing it's good. Yeah. But like I like I've kind of saying bad words is a sexual assault. True. Yeah, there are right. I've backed off a little bit just because of how bad everything else is, and I just wanted to say that out loud. Now, going back to what I started yelling about. Sorry, guys. I know that I've just taken the show into left field. If they got Johnny Goudreau, this series that they're doing on Tony D'Angelo would be fucking amazing. It would be the best thing that the Flyers have ever done. But because Chuck Fletcher fucked that up, we're stuck watching Tony D'Angelo play with kids in the greater Philadelphia area instead of Johnny Goudreau. You know, Steph, it was just it was just too hard to do. Um, It's just too hard. I can't believe that our general manager has to deal with the salary we're, cap. We're gonna, like that's that's oppression. We're going to, at some point, dive into Chuck Fletcher, because I did some research on um, the results of every season he's been a general manager. And 
He's got zero qualifications for the job. Like, based on his resume, he shouldn't be a GM anywhere. But we'll get to that a little later. I want to start with, obviously, the biggest news. Uh, Sean Couturier, just like, what the fuck? Um, According to multiple team sources, this came from ASF and Crossing Broad. According to multiple team sources, Crossing Broad has learned that the star center, Sean Couturier will miss significant time to start the season after suffering a herniated disc in his back during strength and conditioning drills last week. Couturier, 29, missed most of last season with a back injury that eventually required surgery in February. He was slated to come back and center the Flyers' top line this season, but then suffered the injury during off-ice workouts with the Flyers' new strength and conditioning team. How? How is this possible? How? Are professional like athletes after, after the surgery? Are professional athletes supposed? Because this was what happened with Farabee too, right? Like it was during he was lifting weights. Is that when that happened, or was that who was that? He was lifting light weights. Yeah. So here's the thing: Are professional athletes supposed to get hurt when they're lifting? No, it's, but but it seems like but everything that could possibly go wrong goes wrong for the Flyers. I don't think this is because like they didn't learn how to lift weights right. But it's like, like if Bob Johnson starts doing bench presses one September, like maybe he's going to hurt his back. But like, why is like an elite athlete, a perfect physical specimen? How the fuck do you hurt your back this bad lifting weights? Like, what the fuck well, are you doing? It, well, it's, it's, it's because it's because he had the back injury last year and is coming off surgery yeah. and very likely re-injured the same thing. Like, yeah, that's, this isn't that's a new injury. Happened. Yeah. This is not a new injury. This is the same injury. Oh, I thought they specifically said that it wasn't the same. No, they said they're not sure. They said they don't know. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Newsflash, it fucking is. Uh, or or <laughs> if it's if it's Spoiler not the, alert. Yeah. If it's not the exact same one, it's probably connected because, like, he's lifting a little bit differently because he's not totally confident in his back or things. Like, like these, these injuries, even if they're not the exact same... It's impossible for me to imagine it's not linked in some way, whether it's like overcompensation or, you know, something was weaker because of them going into his body to make changes. Like, it, there's, I'm sure there's got to be some sort of connection. Like, it, it seems extremely unlikely that someone would, would herniate two, like, discs in their back separately that have no connection whatsoever. No, there's a 0% chance it's a coincidence. Like, that's yeah, impossible. Exactly. <laughs> like- exactly. Uh, just, I, I have a serious question now. Now, Couturier, they're saying, like, you know, it could be four to six weeks, it could be eight, it could be the whole season if he needs surgery. There's a few different timelines. He's out, Ellis is out, we, uh, we just heard the other day, I saw it in, uh, Olivia Rayner in the Inquirer, no, no timeline on, on Farabee, or on, uh, Ellis, oh, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, still no who time. Who the hell line. knows with Ryan Ellis? I yeah, mean, he, he he's not going to be he's not going to be skating a camp. Let me put it that way. Yeah, Farabee probably out at least for opening night. Although there's a possibility, it seems. Uh, but just serious question: on October thirteenth, opening night, who is the Flyers' best player on the ice? Well, this was something. This was something I, I was I was trying to jump in, but I got interrupted <laughs> yeah. a couple of times. Is that? Maybe this whole Tony D'Angelo thing even makes more sense from a promoting him because in Dom's 
season preview article for the Flyers that was released this morning. I think the Flyers are projected to finish like 26th. Tony D'Angelo is the highest rated player on the Flyers. Yeah. Roster. By, by yeah. Now, small do, do I think he's, do I think he's actually their best player? No. And, and, and Dom admits that like his rating is inflated by the fact that he spent all of last season next to, next to Jacob Slavin on a really good team. I don't think D'Angelo is the best player. I think that like, I would take Proveroff and Sanheim as all-around players over Tony D'Angelo easily. Cam Atkinson I mean, is Sanheim, probably, yes. is probably what is a better player. Kinecki's what has Proveroff done well in two player. years? I, I mean, he, he knows how to play defense. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> it, I, I, I can say... Atkinson and Konechny are probably better, but like D'Angelo is at least in the conversation, and that's scary. That's really scary. That that shows like, where this team enters the season from a talent. Like standpoint. they don't forget a star. They don't have a really nice player. They yeah. they just have a bunch of dudes. It, f- honestly, and this isn't to say you know we're like it's not good. It's not funny that Couturier's hurt. It sucks. Because, like, we have to watch these fucking games, and they're going to be brutal. Uh, but is this maybe the best thing that could have happened to this team? Like, not, you know, if he comes back and he's just no good, like he's 60% yeah. of himself and you're paying him seven whatever million dollars, like, that's not great. But just for this season, say he doesn't come back, them being fucking horrible is the best thing that could happen. Yes, yes I... For, is, for yes. this season individually, Sean Gattieri missing the entire season is probably not a bad thing. It makes it much less, much yeah. more likely that the Flyers will take a real run at one of the top three picks or at least give themselves a chance in the lottery. Now, as you said, the, the bad thing about this isn't even really this season. I think we all went into the season figuring that like their absolute ceiling, if John Tortorella does the coaching job of his life, the absolute ceiling for this team is they battle for a wild card spot. If they don't have Sean Couturier, John Tortorella is going to have to do the coaching job of the century to have this team battling for a wild card spot in this Eastern Conference. The problem is, is that a guy having two back surgeries who turns 30 in December, if that's what he ends up having to have, this is the first year of an eight-year contract. Like His contract is just starting this year that is going to pay him close to $8 million through the end of this decade. Now, if he's just done and he can't play hockey anymore, and and to be clear, I'm not suggesting that's going to happen. That said, it's the Philadelphia Flyers. You can't rule that out because the worst-case scenario always happens with this team. That said, if he just can't play anymore, that's not even the worst thing because then they could just stash him on long-term IR. The worst-case scenario is that he has this back surgery, he misses the season, he comes back and can play, but is a shell of himself and his a third-line center for the next seven years, if not worse, and they're paying him $8 million, and they just have to keep paying him $8 million on the cap because that means they've got to cap Albatross literally through 2030. Oh, God. I'm having fun. I don't know about you guys. I'm having fun. This is great. If that's the... if he comes back and he's just not himself and, you know, this is a back and this is hockey. Think about John LeClaire before and after the back injuries. Uh, 50 went to 20, you know, real fast. Um, you have to just buy him out, right? Like, I mean, say, I, haven't Sorry, even looked, it's over. I haven't even looked at what the buy. But the thing with That's, a buyout is you still have cap hits. Like, yeah. it's still going to hurt yeah. you. 
Yeah, I'm trying to... It's not like you just snap your fingers and boom, all $8 million is gone. Ooh. I feel like we're going a little oh bit boy, nuts right good, here. That's like, a good face. We're, we're going, going a little right bit now. nuts. So, Sean Couturier got injured, and we're talking buyout. Uh, we're yes. talking retirement. He's a 30 year old with a huge thing. contract who's going to maybe yeah. need two back surgeries. Y- you know what? So, I'll go back to what Bill cited in the beginning of this thing. This is a point where rational prognostication is out the window with the Flyers. When, when something happens with the Flyers, people observing the team have to start with assuming that the worst possible thing is going to happen. Because you know what? Over the last three, four years, it always has. So the buyout is uh, substantial. The, oh first, the first three years, cap hit of $4.6 million. Then it jumps to 6.8, Then 7 Ooh. for three years. And then it gets to like 800000 yeah. Um, so it's like at that point you might as well just keep him as long as he's not yeah. providing like as long as he's not a sub replacement level player. But it's just it's going to make it if he, if that's the way it plays out, it's going to make it very difficult for them to build a good team even if they do get like a Connor Bedard. <laughs> oh yeah. my god, what a mess! It's just uh, it is that it is it's seriously a mess. And... and 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 to and to be clear, and this is a point that I made in my article yesterday, is that like look. There are things that Chuck Fletcher deserves strong criticism for, such as trading for and extending Rasmus Dalainen, such as bungling this entire offseason, such as, you know, like the Nick Delorier thing. Like there's such as keeping Elaine Vino a year too long after the locker room gave up on him. There are legitimately things where you could be like, man, Chuck, what were you thinking? The Sean Gaturier extension was... It was a risk. It was a calculated yeah. risk, but it was a contract that was a pretty reasonable cap hit for how good of a player Sean Couturier is. And while, yes, Couturier had dealt with some knee injuries in the past, and yes, that was a concern, and yes, signing him at age 30 was a risk, this was not an inevitable outcome. It's just that, for whatever no. reason, whenever the Flyers make calculated risks— the worst possible scenario tends to play out, and that's exactly what's happening here. Whereas, like, going into this contract, Sean Couturier getting a back injury before the contract even kicked in, and then having the first back surgery possibly not even take, was, like, maybe, like, a (sighs) 0.5% chance of happening. And, of course, that's what happened. But, like... That doesn't mean that it was destined to happen. It's just what happened. And it sucks, and it's the worst-case scenario, and it's awful luck, and it's awful misfortune. But, like, it doesn't mean that Fletcher was a moron to want to sign Couturier. It looks like he might have been wrong to sign Couturier, but, like, I'm not going to utterly obliterate the guy because he took a calculated risk and it happened to play out in literally the worst possible outcome fathomable. No, like, there's a million legitimate things to bash him over. I don't need this one, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> this one, I don't... Have it back. Go ahead. This, this is your mulligan, <laughs> Chuck. I, I won't even criticize you for this one because everything else you do is fucking wrong, too. I mean, it sucks. Like, it sucks. It sucks because, like, this could end up being the most devastating thing to happen to the Flyers yeah. that Chuck Fletcher did, but I'm not going to, like, kill the guy for it because... Like, I, I tend to look at things in terms of, like, percentages. You know, if the Flyers sign Shogaturi, it's like, okay, there's a 30% chance that he's 
real good into his late 30s, the way Patrice Bergeron was. There's a you know 40% chance that he's good for the first three, four years, and then the contract becomes something of an albatross. There's a 20% chance he battles nagging injuries or whatever. And then there's like a 10% chance it's a total disaster. And like, I don't think that the contract was at the time an awful idea just because we got to the 10% outcome. It's just that it freaking sucks we got the 10% outcome. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, where I come with this is I would have done the same exact thing. Like, how do you not extend Sean Couturier? You have to. And, I mean, unless you realize this team is going fucking nowhere and you decide to trade him and get something for him and start over. But we yeah, know that was never, ever their plan. No, I, I mean, in, in retrospect, that have probably... Destroyed no, I would have said... Had he traded... I would have said, oh, good, they have a plan. Which they don't. Fair. I mean, this is, this is another point that I made in my article yesterday. And I will, I will hold to this because I think it, it basically... It basically sums up my general opinion of Fletcher and the thing that he's fucked up the most as GM, which is perhaps the most salient piece of criticism that can be tossed at Fletcher is that somehow he's remained optimistic that at some point the hockey gods will smile mercifully upon his team and finally stay their seemingly unyielding wrath, and he's based his roster construction strategies on that assumption. And he has. And the thing is, is that things just keep going wrong. Every single time. Maybe it's a sign. And getting Maybe worse. it's a sign that your plan isn't working, Chuck. Just a thought. Um, so, assuming Joel Farabee on October 13th is not ready to go, what is the first line? Oh, God. Just Kevin Hayes centering TK and JVR? Like, is that what we're looking at? Is that the first line? Maybe it's Maybe Lawton. Cam Atkinson? Yeah, Lawton. Cam. Uh... I mean, it, Lawton, Hayes, TK, Lawton, Hayes, Atkinson. <laughs> first line winger, Scott Lawton. Oh, baby. Oh, that first round pick looking better and better. Look at, look at how, how he's climbed the depth chart. Uh, I just, <laughs> so, assuming, like, like I said, maybe it's time to start assuming things aren't going to go your way. Is there any rational reason not to, like, retain 50% of JVR and trade him right now. Or as soon as someone is willing no. to pay $3.5 million for a 20-plus goal scorer. Like, I mean, I is there you, any you reason... The outline, it... Go ahead. I just... I, no, I mean, I just don't, like... I think teams are gonna... I don't think JVR is so attractive to a team that anyone would want him now, and he'll probably have more value at the trade deadline anyway as long as he doesn't completely suck this year. Because not only do team, are teams more motivated to make deals then, because they have a better understanding of their roster, there's also just more teams that will have the ability to take on JVR because they've banked cap space all year. So, so I think the market would just be yeah. better. That's just the idea, because you're not going to get much for him. He's not that attractive of a player. I'm just, like, all these borderline NHLers that they have that maybe aren't going to be in the opening night lineup. Like, we think Noah Cates will make the team. But outside of him, so. they seem to have... Yeah, I, I don't... You know, maybe. Uh, Gotta but have Hayden Hodson on the team. They have a lot of, like... Gotta get him in. As, as we call them, quad-A players. Um, 
there's a zero there's zero reason that they're not all in the lineup. Like whatever the goal was going into this season, whether we agreed with it, whether we thought it was bananas, which it was, um the goal of this season now has to be seriously altered because your only first-line caliber player probably isn't going to play. You have no chance to make the playoffs. Your best-case yeah. scenario is being the worst team in hockey. That's the best thing that can happen to you. Find out about some of these kids. Like, I, I know he's not a center, but if Tyson Forster can not get killed in the NHL, which it doesn't seem. He seems like a, you know, a well-built young man. He's not a little string bean. Uh, he should be in the NHL because he might be your most talented player. Like I don't know. He, there's he, just... he, did kill, he did kill his shoulder by crashing into the boards last year. So, mm. You know what? There's going to be boards forever. If, if he's afraid <laughs> of crashing into the goddamn boards, he needs to go play tennis. Oh, man. You just called him a well-built young man, and I just... That's that's what I want out of my hockey team. I, I, Give me some well-built I young just, men. If, if yeah, these, if there are any players who they believe... I didn't say it, Kelly. It was Bill. <laughs> if there are any players capable of playing in the NHL that you maybe aren't projecting to make the opening night roster, they absolutely should, and they should be playing because these veterans serve zero purpose now. Like, we talked, okay, Ristolainen is a player, maybe you overpay if you think he's a piece that you need, you know, playoff Risto and stuff. Like, playoff he's Risto. got... We're going like, to see all, him someday, baby. Like That, that the, really yeah. needs to be a meme on Flyers Twitter, playoff Risto. All Just these guys playoff serve Risto. zero purpose now. It, it, absolutely none. Like, Charlie, you were at the, the rookie games, right? You were at both of them? Yeah, I was. How many guys would you say they have could play in the NHL right now? All right, so I, I, I do want to kind of disagree with your overarching point about, like, just call up all the kids. Because, and, and the thing with this, and I've, I've debated Kelly this for years, like, the idea of prospect development, like, it's just so nebulous. It's really Safe. hard to know, like, if someone is ready or not. They're ready, they're not ready. Like, that's just really a matter of opinion. There's no objective way to really know. But... I do think that, like, it is possible to mess up guys to call them up too soon. Um, number one, they could get hurt. And with the Flyers, everybody gets hurt. So, like, that'll happen. Um, number two, like, if they're just not ready and they, you know, aren't capable of dealing with the pace, then their entire development could get stunted. Um, so I'm, I'm not in favor of just, like, Moss calling up everybody just because, like, well, they're going to suck, so let's just see the kids because they're fun. Um, that said, I mean, Noah Cates has to be on this team. Like, he's ready. He's, he, sh he, was, he was maybe their best forward when he played last season. He was awesome. He's on this team. Cam York has to be on this team. Uh, you know, I personally would have not signed back Justin Braun and put Ronnie Adder on this team. <laughs> because I think, or at, the, or at the very least, if you want Justin Braun, fine. Use him as a seventh defenseman and put Ronnie Adder on this team. I think Adder is ready. Zamola probably is ready, but I'm open to the idea that, like, fine, let him bulk up a little bit more because he's still a string bean, even though he's put on 12 pounds. That's fine. I was going to say, I've heard he's put on some weight. You want, you want me to say something um, a little bit controversial here about a prospect? Yes. Of course. I don't yes. see what a lot of people seem to see with Tyson Forrester. Like, I've watched him a fair amount. And, like, he's got a great shot. 
And yeah, he's good in the offensive zone. I just don't see a dynamic element to his game. And like, I like him as a prospect, but I don't see this like he's going to be a game changer. Like, I don't think he's ready for the NHL. I don't. And I think, I think he appeals to the people who desperately want a goal scorer, but like, I don't see the other elements of his game. I think he's the kind of, you know what? I know the thing with Forrester. Forrester might be able to survive in the NHL if you stuck him next to Sean Couturier. But guess what? Guess he's gone. What? <laughs> so let's give Tyson oh, Forrest some, some time in the NHL. The AHL, I mean. But yeah, I would say Cates. I would say um, I would say Adert. I would say York, who wasn't in the rookie games because he's not a rookie anymore. Yeah, um, yeah. I think those guys are ready. I think <clears throat> Zamul is damn close. Th- those are the guys. And I think Urson, to be totally honest with you, like I'm fine with giving him a couple months in the AHL because – he missed all of last year with groin injuries, and he's got to get used to like you know the smaller rink and learning the angles with smaller rinks and whatnot. I get that; that's fine. But like, if he has a nine twenty save percentage in the AHL in mid November, call him up and let him be the backup because he's better than Felix Sandstrom and Troy Groznick. He is; he's a better player. Yeah, I mean, I can't even believe Troy Groznick's factoring in at all. It's a like, real he's person. Got four, uh, he's got four NHL games, and how old is he? Like, 32? Yeah, like, he's a... Troy Grosick, 33. 33. He's played four NHL games. Guess what he's not? An NHL player. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like he's just... That's like, oh, maybe some guys aren't ready. You know who I know can't play at this level? This guy, because he never has before, and he's fucking 33. He needed uh, some more seasoning. I just... uh, I'm baffled by... Anyway. Yeah, I just want to see Tyson Forster. It's not even that... I'm desperate for a goal scorer. Yeah, this team's really going to struggle to score goals, though. Uh, they have no one who can do it. So it would be cool if if he could do it. I just, every time, oh, well, this guy needs a little more time. This guy's ready. They've been wrong on basically every guess they've made. So fuck That is it. fair. I, you know, I just, who was ready? Uh, Ivan Provorov, that was it. And you know what? He was probably ready the year before that. I, I, I just... I'm done with it. This season is pointless. They're going to play 82 completely meaningless games and no more uh, unless they drastically alter what their plan is for this season. If it's really going in and we're going to try to muck it up and win, you know, uh, 25 games. Like, oh, good, good, cool. Win none. How about that? Go 0 and 82. What's up, Steph? I was just talking about this with my Second City Hockey site manager. Like, it is going to be a really fun battle for other people to watch from the outside between Chicago and Philadelphia racing for the bottom of the league. Um, The problem is, one of these teams is doing it intentionally. Yes. The other is not. Um, Which, you know, again... Thank you. Thank you, Philadelphia. So I would say they're going to play 78, 79 meaningless games. The other ones against Chicago, they'll be meaningful. That's the, there's a couple teams out. I mean, like, you know, Arizona is going to be horrible. There's a few teams out West, but Chicago is clearly like openly trusting the process. Uh, it's, it, it yeah. couldn't be more obvious. They're going to move Taves and Kane at some point. Like it's, it's going to be a shit show over there. The Flyers need to follow suit. Like they have some longer term contracts. It's going to be hard to get out of some of these. 
But the guys who can go need to go as soon as possible. I realize like not there's like three teams with cap. You know who could afford JVR at fifty percent? G in Ottawa. He's uh, reuniting with his buddy up there. They have a they have just yeah, about but they're enough. building a good hockey team. Yeah, but you could a <laughs> good hockey team can use JVR in like their middle six. It's a fucking good move for a good team. It's the the Flyers who oh yeah well um. We don't have anyone to get him into the offensive zone to set him up, so he's pointless. Yeah. Like, well, uh, well one thing I, I one thing I will say about JVR, and this goes back to Bill, what you were saying about what is the point of the season. So JVR, and I like I understand that this isn't going to happen because John Tortorella is going to have his you know stamp on this team, and he's going to try to make everybody earn it and everything. But like. If I'm Chuck Fletcher, granted, like, Chuck Fletcher probably won't have a job at the end of the season if the season is as bad as it's looking like it's going to be. But, like, JVR should be on the first line and first power play unit every game because let him rack up the points and get that trade value up for the deadline, baby. That's yeah, no, it's that's, that's 100. Like, if that doesn't happen, it's just another sign that this organization has no idea what it's doing and another spoiler they don't uh it's sure very don't. clear very clear um all right let's break here and then we'll talk about some other stuff all right yeah break uh enjoy this commercial we'll be back in a couple this is advertiser content brought to you by frito lay hello i'm chip murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament Tonight we'll break down, we break down who will be cutting, cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome back, fam. Uh, there was something I wanted to actually get to at the top of the show, but we just kind of dove right into everything else that's just comical with this team. I saw a big deal was made on the old line uh, about the Chris Stewart thing. And if you don't know what I mean, Chris Stewart was hosting a uh, a symposium for the rookies on how to handle yourself <laughs> in a hockey fight uh, during like the last ten minutes of uh, of rookie camp. And I gotta say, while Kelly makes a great point, do the Colorado Avalanche do this? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, I-, I will like. Yeah. The Flyers have a lot of young kids, maybe making the transition from junior and college to pro. They've got some guys coming up. Um, and in the preseason, where a lot of these young players will play, there's a lot of motherfuckers running around trying to prove they can be Tom Wilson, and some shit could pop off. You should know how to protect yourself. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. Now, okay. I'd much rather okay. them 
like have good players who know how to play good. But <laughs> since that's not the case, and this is something like hockey's an inherently violent game where you are allowed to drop your gloves and fist fight somebody, you should know how to protect yourself when that happens. So here's the thing. In a vacuum, I don't disagree with you. It's not a bad thing for them to know how to take care of themselves. However, to me, it kind of seems like a, okay, so this is how we're going to play all of our hockey games because it's all we've got in the tank for this entire season. So we're going to be starting a lot of fights. We need to make sure that you guys know how to fight too because probably guys are going to start running you after our idiot fourth liners try to fight all of your players. Like that that's kind of the vibe that it gave me. So like if another team did this, it's whatever. Like it wouldn't even be a thing. No one would talk about it. But because the Flyers have openly advertised that they're going to goon it up for the entire season, it's just like like what are we doing? Back with a vengeance, baby. It's happening again. Oh my again. god, you're you're new when you changed your picture to the back with a vengeance thing. I laughed so hard. It's the like that's all I'm hoping for is like Please what happened what happened in 0708 the first like from the preseason to about December when they had like five suspensions and three fines <laughs> and they were just fucking gooning it up. That's my hope for this whole season. 82 plus fights. That's the minimum. Uh, well, you're probably Nashville led it. the league with like 60 some last year. We got to get to 82. I didn't see this Chris Stewart thing probably because I've just been ignoring everything that's come out of Flyers training camp because nothing is going to make me feel good. Um I don't hate it though. I don't hate it. If if the organization um, is is trying to teach these guys how to protect themselves. I don't think that's a bad thing because look at how many fucked up injuries have happened because these idiots don't know how to protect well, themselves. Well, that's not why any of these injuries happened. None of these injuries happened. Not the ones that we're dealing with now, but in the past. What injuries happened as a result of someone having a fight that they didn't know how to deal with? That's not a thing. Don't ask me to remember things. It's but just, it's def- it's definitely happened. No, it hasn't. I think it happened with Scott Lawton recently, recently being the past three years. It's just like, it. you have Ian LaPerriere bringing out Chris Stewart to teach the kids something in training camp. Like, maybe the whole organization being run by fourth liners is like a bad, bad thing. Maybe that's not good. Oh, it is. No, totally a bad thing. It's absolutely a bad thing. Like, this is not an organization that has a shining future in the uh the way that the NHL is going. It's just not. Like this that's that's not what we're we're dealing with here. Um but they do have uh and this is this is kind of an aside, but they do have this whole brand new division, I I guess, uh that is dealing with health and wellness for the players and if if that's going well how to, i was gonna say the first thing that i mean happens, it just started is, well yeah first thing that happens is sean couturier gets hurt again <laughs> yep. working out with the new guy yep cool but like if if part of that is teaching them how to protect themselves like i'm fine with it i'm fine with it only if i see 400 fights this season i'm on board let's get cromulent I just think it's a bad look. Like I, I, I yes. don't think this is the thing. 
I, I'm kind of of two minds on this because the, the impetus behind this was, and again, very few people went to the rookie games, and this one I don't even believe was televised, so no one would even know this unless you were there. Adam Yinning got into a fight on the Friday in the Friday rookie game where like they were pushing and shoving after the whistle, and this guy dropped his gloves, and Yinning didn't have a freaking clue what to do. I mean, he's a big guy. He hits, but he's not a fighter. And, like, he could have gotten hurt because he was just kind of hanging on for dear life, and he could have gotten hurt. He could have fell and, like, tore a ligament. He could have, you know, hurt himself trying to punch a guy wrong. Like, it could have been bad. So I understand why Ian LaPerriere would look at that and be like, all right, we're back home from Allentown. Chris, you were a real good fighter. Show these guys at least, like, what they should do in that situation. And I didn't even think Ian LaPerriere's comments after it were bad. LaPerrier straight up said, he's like, I don't really think fighting is a, a big thing in, in today's game anymore, but these guys got to know just in case. It was a good comment. I respected him for that. That said, because of the fact that the Flyers, justifiably because of their actions in terms of team building over the last 12 months, ha- are trying to like put themselves back into this throwback Broad Street bullies trying to appease the people who want things to be like the way they were in the 70s and 80s. Like, it makes it look bad when you're then teaching your kids how to fight. That said, and this is where I'm kind of of another mind, you also have to take into account the fact that there is literally nothing the Flyers could do that people aren't going to get mad at right now. Yeah. Because people are mad. So, like, if the team was good... And they did this, it would be a funny thing that could be shared a bit on social media. And maybe a few scattered people call the Flyers dinosaurs for doing this. But most people are like, ha, that's pretty funny. Look at what they're doing. But because everyone's just real mad, they're going to see this and immediately jump to the worst possible conclusion about it because they're real mad. And, and like, listen, I I am real mad. And I think everybody who runs this organization is incompetent and should not work there. This is not one of those, once again, not one of the reasons I'm mad. I'm actually happy about this. Uh, it was like, what, 10 minutes at the end of the last day of rookie camp. It was, it was, it was optional. Um, you should know how to fight. And because it's not a huge part of the game anymore, guys don't come up knowing how to do it. You need to know how oh, to God. fight in hockey. It's going to happen. It was optional? Yeah, it was optional. Yeah, it was optional. We're mad. Hold on. The fan base is mad because Chris Stewart, the I guy don't... who was on a contract and we said I think it was just more for months, man like, is a pay him to be a pro- professional friend. Well, that's only because we don't want him on the ice anymore. Preferably. Right, but like they, they paid him to do like this thing that the players were, were told you can show up or not and people showed up for it. Like, that's... I don't think anyone's that, mad. I I, I just didn't see it. So I'm, I'm trying to understand. I think it's more of a, like, a... Oh, God, of course. Oh, of this course. is what we're focusing on. Good for of them. Of course yeah. they're showing the rookies how to fight. Like, it's um, kind of one of those. I take... I take no pride in uh, being able to predict the dumbest fucking thing or the most obvious thing that the Flyers can do. But I swear to you all... I was absolutely joking last week when I said they. I can't believe Anton Roussel is not yeah, has not been job, brought in, and here he is. I now. can't believe you, you did, did this, this to us. I, I take no pride in being able to do this. Uh, you know they listen to this show. Then where's Johnny Hockey? Someone was listening. Well, and went, oh yeah, remember that guy? One hundred. He's making the team. By the way, I mean, if you remember. 100%. 
if you remember, wasn't it Bill who was like, bring up Tyrell Goldborn? And then yes! within an and hour, they brought up Tyrell yes. Goldborn? Yeah, we finished recording. That was like the very first, we finish recording and they do the thing. Like, that was like the yeah. first time it happened. I think we were all still in the studio, or it happened when we were driving it home was like, and we started screaming. Maybe it happened while we were we were at the Wildfire studio. Maybe it happened while we were on or right, like, we were still sitting in there and we just finished. But, like, that was the first one. Uh, I, I just... See, here, here's, here's my theory, Bill. My theory um, is this. It's, it's not that we have the power to make them do what we want them to do. It's that yeah. They, it's that I they know listen, they're dumb. It, no, it's that they listen to our show and they disagree with us so often that on the oh, rare no. times they do agree with us, they're like, "Holy shit, we got to do that thing right now, right now." <laughs> Maybe I just they said. And, and the problem is, is that when, when they agree with us, it's because we were being sarcastic and saying they should. Yeah, do that. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's like. <laughs> I was kidding. Uh, <laughs> in, in fairness, I I don't really. Do have we a need to have a content warning? Like uh, content warning, Chuck Fletcher. No, we are sarcastic. Is, please, yeah, right? it, yep. it, It's a professional tryout for Anton Roussel. Uh, he'll be 33 in November. Uh, this is one of those on the face of it in a vacuum. I don't have. I don't have a problem. Um, give a veteran a shot. Whatever. I've always um, liked Roussel. I mean, he hasn't yeah. been good the last couple of years. He well, tore his ACL, and he hasn't been good like since. Ten years ago, no, nah, I mean he's not that old. But like, I, he's the kind of guy that I'd have no problem throwing a PTO to to be like, you know what? Sure, let's see what he has left in the tank because he used to be good, and maybe he'll figure. Maybe he'll he's gotten healthier. Maybe he's better. And the funny thing is too is like Antoine Roussel, even in diminished form is a significantly better hockey player than the guy they gave a four-year contract and no trade protection to just a few months ago. Just saying. My issue... Yeah, we're stuck with him. I know. My, I'm just yeah. My issue is, one, now this will be fixed because both Sean Couturier and Ryan Ellis are going on LTIR, uh, but they're already over the cap, and adding another contract for a completely inconsequential player just is... Why? Like, what's he going to help yeah. you win a game? No, he, he won't. And two, the AHL should be stocked with guys who can be the 14th forward. Like, this shouldn't be worth entertaining because there are, like, five other guys who can be fourth liners for this team, and there's just zero reason for it. The fact that it's even on yeah. the table is another indictment of this farm system, which seems to serve no purpose. Guys either get hurt or aren't ready 100% of the time. There's never anyone you just bring up and is a good player for you. I, I just... I, what have they been doing for the last 10 years? I really can't fucking understand what they've even been trying to accomplish because the answer is nothing. Like, they've gotten nothing, nothing done in 10 years. The, they don't have a guy who can be your 14th forward. You gotta go get Anton Roussel who has 12 goals the last three years combined. Like, I, why? Yeah, how do we not have a single Mark Dunk on the Phantoms? Like, just a guy. Like a Mark well, I mean, Alt. No, like to to other a, people, Noah well, Cates because, is probably a Mark Dunk. Yeah, I love, I love me some Noah Cates. But the problem is, that, like, we might, but Chuck keeps hiring, or hiring, keeps giving contracts to these fucking loser dudes. Well, yeah. Sorry, sorry. They're probably not losers. No, they're, they're probably mm -hmm. very nice men. I mean, I guess they're professional athletes. I just... Like, had you told me 
this time last year that we'd be going into the next season without Claude Giroux, Sean Couturier, or Ryan Ellis, I may have jumped into a river. Hmm. And no Johnny Goudreau. Like, let me let me just add that. No Johnny Goudreau, no Sean Couturier, no Claude Giroux, no Ryan Ellis. But hey, let's add a Tony D'Angelo and Nick Delorier. <laughs> but Johnny Goudreau like that- is still so funny. It's so it's funny so because I, I, I cannot. Oh, and let's bring Justin Braun back. It's 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 hilarious because like you you mentioned that like if you told me that twelve months ago that we and all that and they didn't even get Johnny Goudreau like twelve months ago hell. Three years ago, everyone was like, Johnny wants to come to Philly. And you know what? Everyone he did. Knew. And they didn't plan for it at all. At when all. They signed, when they signed Kevin Hayes, that was the beginning. Like, this has been a plan, and they just didn't do the... Like, they brought in all his friends and guys who went to college with him. They just didn't do the one thing that they needed to do, get the star player too. Like, it, it, uh, We... I'm so, I might never get over it. We're just schmucks on a I've, podcast. I am absolutely. I'm absolutely never going to get over it. Like we should rename the podcast. Chuck Fletcher didn't get Johnny Goudreau. Like that. It's it's insane to me because for ye- years, years, this has been Johnny Goudreau said it out loud multiple times when that's not something allowed by the league that he wants to play for Philadelphia. Yeah. He would say it all the time. That's a dream to one day play for the Flyers. His Uh, dad was telling everyone, everyone around me. Oh yeah. Johnny's coming back. Don't worry. He's coming back. It was, it was common knowledge in league circles. Other teams were like, well, fuck it. We can't get him. He's going to be a flyer. Yup. Yup. I'm absolutely never going to get over this. Um, what Chuck, if, oh, if ahead, the Steph. new general manager doesn't sell the entire team to Columbus to get Johnny here, like that's the, and, and still that won't fix it. I'm no, never going to, what I'm they'll do, never gonna what they'll, go. what they'll do is get Bedard and trade him for Johnny. That's what will happen. <laughs> William. Um, oh well, no. Want to die. Oh Thank no. You. I said it. Fuck. Said no, it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding again. <laughs> Uh, what, I can't believe you. A player, a player. You know the power you wield. While while they didn't get Johnny Hockey, they did manage Artem Anisimov, who <laughs> Jesus Christ, I forgot was a guy. Forgot. And so yes. did the league because he played in the fucking KHL last year. I will say he did score 15 goals in 49 games Ooh. in 2019-20 prior to the pandemic stoppage. That's not bad. That's all right. Sure, sure, sure. 15 goals in 50 games. They have how many guys on this team who can score that? (laughs) All right, you make a fair point. What I'll say about Five, maybe? Anisimov is the perfect guy to bring in if you're trying to stealth tank. Because he's bad now, (laughs) but he can, like, sort of play. He can, like, give you minutes. There'll be bad minutes, but he can give you (laughs) minutes. He can give you the minutes. That's so good. Uh, do you think either of these guys actually make the team? I can totally see Roussel making the team because he worked really hard. Oh, absolutely. Like he's I gonna try his I can see both of them making the team. I mean yeah. if Katuri's if Katuri's out for the year, they need centers. He can play center, and Isimov can. And Roussel could be a guy that Torts falls in love with. Oh, for sure. I mean, then, oh then like God. 
Noah Kate making the team then, and you know, like this team. Yep. Like this just nice guys has no hard talent. Game. Yeah, but they work. Oh hard. yeah, no, I like have, the, they work hard. So the it's path. Fine. But they don't even do that for these guys to make the team. It's there. It's there, and it's like it's flashing lights. They're gonna be there. I can't That's imagine the, they make it. They can't. That's the can't truly mind boggling about they? this team construction. So like, like they're a team that doesn't have a lot of talent. That also for the last two years hasn't worked real hard. Yeah, like like we're ba- <laughs> no, but- like we're banking on John Tortorella making the team yeah. work hard. But like, there's no guarantee he can. If he doesn't, there really is. They don't. Yeah, but if they don't work hard, he's going to get real, real big mad and yell. <laughs> so he's going to yell. He's gonna then yell work hard. He might even go into the visiting locker room. Remember when he did that? He's gonna that go was the best. Kick a trash can. Well, no, he tried to. I think it was, he, uh, he tried to physically accost Bob Hartley, who was the coach of the opposing team, and then he got stopped. Awesome. At the, at was the it ent- Calgary? Yeah, he got stopped at the entrance of the locker yeah. room because he wanted to basically pick a fight with the opposing coach. It's legendary stuff, right? Here. Like, what's his, what's his dick is going to take his shirt off and try to fight Travis Konechny for being too lackadaisical in a game? Oh yeah, what's the assistant coach, Tom Wilson. <laughs> no, no, the assistant coach. Oh, oh. oh. I, I at this team, I I can only hope that they lose eighty two games. Um, I did want to because I put so much work into this Chuck Fletcher research. I did want to yeah, just mention about it, it. Uh, before we wrap up today's show. Uh, as I've been saying um, for months now and multiple times on today's show, uh, Chuck Fletcher has absolutely zero zero resume to justify his position as a general manager in the National Hockey League. Okay, so now, I, I know, wait, you're going to lay it out, but have you considered that he's related to someone? No, this, his qualification is, his qualification is he was Bobby Clark's assistant in Florida. That's it. That's the reason he has this job. No other reason. Um, so we're going to exclude the year the Flyers brought him in. They brought him in like December 2018. So for 12 full seasons, Chuck Fletcher has been a general manager of either the Wild or the Flyers. He has never been to a cup or conference final as a general manager. He, in four of his seven playoff appearances, he's lost in the first round. He's, only, he's never been the GM of a team that won its division. He's only finished second three times in 12 years. I do believe uh, in 2019-20, had that season been allowed to play out, you know, minus a pandemic, the Flyers would have won the division. But there was a pandemic and they didn't. Uh, He's missed the playoffs five times. I took a look, because we talk about this team, how they need high-end talent. It's the thing they need. Well, Chuck Fletcher has never acquired it. Now you can say, "Oh, what about what about Ryan Suter?" Oh no, no, no. He doesn't get credit for that. Remember, it was ownership. That was the whole sell. Oh no, the ownership pushed for that. They wanted the hometown guys, not Chuck Fletcher. And now, yeah, seems like that might have been the case because he didn't want a superstar hometown guy either. Um, so I looked at the awards voting for the five major awards, as well as the first and second team All Stars. Sean Couturier is his only award winner ever. Uh, Ryan Suter and Devin Dubnik, first and second team, are the only All-Stars he's ever had at a year-end. Holy and if fuck. you just look at 
you just look at some like the finishes. I mean, yeah, Miko Koivu was a Miko Koivu was a good player for him when he was healthy. Would finish in the cell. You had it right the first time. What did I say? I don't remember what I said. Koivu. It's Koivu. Koivu. Yeah. He was like a good guy who'd be around in the Selkie voting when he was healthy. But, oh, right. Minnesota drafted him in 2001, well before Chuck Fletcher got there. Uh, They usually had no votes for any award. Uh, Ryan Suter, yeah, he was good. He finished second in Norris voting once. He got a few heart votes now and then. He did one time acquire Devin Dubnik in January. Uh, of a season. He actually made an in-season move and it worked out. And he was a second team all-star, got Vezina votes. He was like real good. That's it. That's the extent of the high-end talent Chuck Fletcher has ever had. Two all-stars and one Selkie winner in 12 years. Usually no votes for any award. His players are exactly what the Flyers have. Average. Was that Dubnik year? Was that when he was real sick? Wasn't he sick? I don't know. No, no. They they basically dug him up, and then he did much better with Minnesota. So, Bill, the, the one thing, like, and you can be critical of, of Fletcher's record, and that's fine. I will say that, like, I'm not going to necessarily penalize him for, like, the lack of of trophy whatevers that his players have gotten. Because, like, the Wild were built— as a as a depth team, and they're better and they're better players. Yeah. Like for example, mm-hmm. like like for example, which like, is the problem? Jar- but That's like the Jar- problem. Jared Spurgeon is one of the best defensemen in hockey. It's not his fault that he's super underrated. All right, so all right, one guy. I'm you just named, saying you named a guy. He he did get he did a few he got a few votes a few times but for a few awards. Here's the thing: he's like, never he's never acquired or developed a star. That's obvious. Well, you, he did draft you- Kirill Kaprizov. Kaprizov. That was probably a fucking accident. Yeah, blind I mean, squirrel. He's, Just saying. He seems to be trying to build the Flyers to be a depth team. Yeah, there's a it's reason they've never been out of the second. He's never been out of the second round in 12 years. It's because he does not believe in players who can take over a series, can take over a game, and win you a championship. Doesn't well, believe in them, and that's why he's never had one. I mean, in fairness, I think that— 12 years, Charlie. The plan in Philadelphia was that the hope was that guys like Hart and Provorov and Konechny were going to develop into those caliber players. Now, they didn't, and it sucks. But, like, that was why—and the Goudreau thing, like, yeah, that was dumb. You should have went for Goudreau because you, how many times you get a chance where a guy wants to come to your team and is the best free agent on the market. Find a way to get it done. That That's on you. But, like— I think that they were their entire plan was built around the idea that the the homegrown developed talent, at least a couple of them, were going to turn into those kind of impact guys, and they didn't, and it sucks. But like, I can understand why they thought they might. At a certain point, it was very obvious they weren't going to. And what's the problem with what's the problem with having multiple really good players? Go get more. None of them. Well, because you can't fit everyone. There is a salary. Good guys were. You know what? Good teams do. They figure it the fuck out. How does yeah, how did Tampa and Colorado yeah, because they have drafted, all-star teams? Because they drafted and developed them. Yeah. 
So the Flyers exactly. have no plan. They don't believe in acquiring top end well, talent, and that's what my, takes me. My my point is is and no, you're not going to switch this because I'm actually in, I'm interested in this <laughs> argument. My point is is that you're saying like, well, how did Tampa get all those guys? Because they fucking drafted them. The Flyers drafted guys who they hope were going to be that good, and they weren't, and that sucks. But that's not because they didn't want good players. It's because they thought they had good players and they were just wrong. You get good Wait, players typically at the top of the draft, not in the middle. Well. T- now, if you're going to go to Tampa, Braden Point, Nikita no, but, Kucherov. Yeah, but Charlie, isn't Steven ben- Stamkos, Victor Hedman. Like, yeah, uh, okay. Sure. Shut up. That helps. Shut up. Isn't, Nolan isn't Patrick. The po- Listen, isn't the fact that they never drafted a player as good as Tampa drafted, isn't, like, you're making Bill's point. Like, they don't know what they're doing. They're bad at no, their I'm, No, I'm making the point that, like, this isn't because Chuck Fletcher doesn't want high-end players. I think that's a stupid He doesn't know what they are. Now, now wait, well, if he doesn't, he's if, never he doesn't once know how acquired to get one. them. But, like, it's not that he, like, purposely builds a team based on depth because he thinks high-end players aren't necessary. Like, that's insane. Well, then why doesn't he acquire them? Because he's bad at his job. I mean, why in 12 okay, years hasn't he acquired them? He's like, bad at his job, period. He's bad at it. Well, you've already... That, I mean, this is the point that you're making, right? You've, like, you've, he's bad at his you've job. You've already thrown out Parise and Suter because, well, he didn't want them anyway. You've thrown out Kaprizov because, oh, no. well, that was a fluke. Like, I, you're, you, there are guys, there are times he's attempted to get high-end players. Either it's worked or he hasn't been able to sign them. But, like, it's oh. not that he's not trying. It's just that he hasn't been able I, to do it. Or when he, he does openly it, admitted. consider it not to be valid. He openly admitted to not trying to get Johnny Goudreau. Ryan Fair. Suter, I'll give him. That's a high-end player. Zach Parisi is not a superstar, never was. He was a no. good player. He, he was, was a, a great... 95-point player with the Devils. All right. Like, okay, he had a good He's season. Pretty damn good player. He was, he, he was a very good player. He was never a superstar. Like, that's not what he was. And it, the numbers bore that out in Minnesota. Like, he wasn't that great. He was pretty good. That's, he was just a decent enough player. That's what he and they, was and, for them. And they also played a style that suppressed offense because they were a defensively oriented team, which made it less and likely that their guys were going which made it less likely that their guys were going to win awards because they weren't built around individuals. And made it less likely that they'd advance in the playoffs yeah, because they weren't that good. I don't know. I do. I saw I saw the results. <laughs> like I, I look, I'm he's more never of been a, out of the second round. I'm more of a the playoffs are kind of fluky on the whole and they had they did build a couple really good teams and they ran into the Chicago Blackhawks and then they got real unlucky because Jake Allen played out of his mind for five games. Like, like look, it, and, and I and, and and I know the playoffs I get, are fluky for the teams I, that don't win. I Chicago built like a team to win Fletcher and won. Defender, but like all I'm doing here is trying to point out when people go too far in their anger at Chuck Fletcher. He hasn't done a good job, but like he's not the fucking devil. Oh no, he's done. He, <laughs> He, he's not the problem. The problem is his only qualification is he's Bobby Clark's buddy, and that's who still runs the team. Ed yep. Snyder and Bob Clark's cronies. It's still yep. that. It's been the problem for 30 years. Yep. That's right. 30 years we've had this Fucking problem. nailed it. And yep. we've laid this out before. In the 90s and leading up until the salary cap, they just were allowed to outspend their stupidity. So yeah, they could the figure problem. it the fuck yeah. out. You know, we can give up every asset we have for Eric Lindros because we'll just get some more. And it worked for them for a little while. And then they had that little run with Richards and Carter, like right in the beginning of the salary cap era. 
when they had when it hadn't been around long enough for them to fuck it up. And once other teams figured out the salary cap, suddenly they were fucked. And it's been a downward spiral ever since. And what we're seeing yep. is not the result of some of Hextall, like Hextall, you know, believing too much in the middle draft players he got. It's not that Chuck Fletcher's a moron, which he is, though. It's that <laughs> this organization yep. will never be any better than it is right now until the Snyder and Clark cronies are all gone. Yes. Like Paul Holmgren and Chuck Valerie, Fletcher. you have one job. Dave Scott became, he started at Comcast Cable and jo- and became the president of Comcast Spectacore in 2013. That's when Ed Snyder was still alive. He's another one of the cronies. It's a whole organization of cronies who don't know what they're doing and it couldn't be more obvious. It's very clear. We've talked about this a million times. Like, until the entire front office is completely purged, of the people that have been dicking around in there since 1976, the team is never going to get better. It's the only way because for some reason, these guys are held up as deities and no one's ever going to disagree with them or not tell them they can do something. It's just, they, they gotta go. They gotta go. And until they do, we're fucked. Just real quick, a couple all, of things. All I'm saying is yes. Like it's the old, it's the old fucking guard that continues continues to ruin the team and we, we're seeing it we're seeing it we've been seeing it for a decade but it is finally like I mean, finally people are starting to see frank- like this is not a good business model frankly if you're a fan of this team and you don't see this i like i don't know what kind of blinders you're wearing like Okay, they won Stanley Cups. Were you alive? Probably not. That was a long Ask time Mark ago. Ben. Yeah, yeah, but it's like it's it's very weird to me the blinders that people have for these these guys that won forty years ago. And they won it's, as players. Yeah, Bobby Clark wasn't making the fucking trades in nineteen seventy four. I'm pretty sure. No, like, and he's never won anything since then. Like that's um, the part that gets me. Like like the Kate Smith people. We haven't won anything. In yeah, it was actually years. bad luck. It were you, wasn't were, the statue or the song. Family. Were you at? Were you at the 2000 Eastern Conference Final? It was actually bad luck. The Real organization bad. never really recovered. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Eric Lindros went down, and so did the team. Um, yeah. <laughs> God. Uh, just a couple of things, real quick, and we can wrap it up. Can you believe PK Subban is just straight up fucking done? It's wild. Yeah. I saw that the other me. day and I was like, huh, that's a little premature. But if I had to play for the Devils, I'd get the fuck out too. I mean, I mean stinks. just the dramatic drop off for a guy in 2017, 18, he was third in Norris voting. It was five years ago. Now he's out of the league at 33. Just, uh, I don't, I can't think of a guy with, who just fell off the face of the earth like he did. It's, it's pretty wild. Was he, was he just overrated to begin with? I don't think so. Like, I remember watching him play and going, damn, he's awesome. Didn't he play with, was he playing with, uh, what's his face in Montreal? Shea Weber? No, they were that? traded Did one for one, remember? Oh, that's they right. Traded. The trade is one for one. They were traded for each other, Kelly J. <laughs> and finally, Charlie alluded to it early in the show. 
Uh, I heard this on the Elliot Friedman podcast. He heard a rumor that Nolan Patrick might retire, but said that doesn't make sense because he has a salary to collect. But he is probably out for the year already. What a fuck, like... Just another layer to the black comedy, whether he was a flyer or they got rid of him. Like, yep, we got one shot at the thing, and it was a guy who played, yeah. like, 120 games. One lucky shot. Well, I, just, got 200 the guy who I feel so bad for him. It sucks for him, because like, who was Who was the previous, like, top first round bust? Like, there, I, I know the name, but I can't well, get Neil, there. Neil like, Yakupov there was, was a big one. Yakupov's the big one. one. Oh. First yeah. overall. I mean, at least Patrick was second overall. He was second overall, but like he's going to go down as one of the worst first round draft picks ever, and that just sucks. And like, yeah, sucks. Yeah, and, and, of, co- and of course season. the Flyers picked him. Of course the Flyers picked him. Yeah. Of course, Yakupov did have that rookie season where he scored a ton of goals and did the funny celebrations. Yeah, that's he, true. he had very good sellies. Yeah, people All in right. hated it. And uh, Claude Giroux named an alternate captain in Ottawa. He's now my enemy. <laughs> he's a terrible leader yeah people forget yeah they're they're totally screwed they're gonna have uh, yeah no, nobody bet room. money on nobody bet money on the sense this year because yeah, whole team's gonna in a fall leadership apart. group you know yeah. they have they have Giroux and Alex to break it and they have like considerably more cap room than the Flyers isn't that wild it's truly it's truly impressive I was thinking about the inefficient they... way in which they spend money is truly impressive it's like do you I was thinking about it the other day, like that the Avalanche had twelve million dollars. Like they just, yeah. like they could just, they just do that. They can afford a twelve million dollar player. Yeah, like th- they just won the Stanley Cup. They're fucking stacked with talent, and they're like, ah, twelve, sure, it's fine. We got that. We'll even give you the extra hundred thousand so you the make more. The Flyers can't McDavid. sign someone to league men right now. <laughs> <sighs> I, I forget Seriously. who. Um, geez, I, come on, guys! I've been getting interrupted all show. Um, can Sorry, uh, Charlie. It's fine. Um, I but I was gonna make the point that I forget who said this on um, on the uh, whether it was the pod or whether it was on Twitter was that if somebody told me that Claude Giroux was gonna get to pass to Alex Abrinkit and Jacob Vorich, I was gonna get to pass to Patrick Laine and Johnny Goudreau, and the Flyers would get none of that whatsoever, they would just put a bullet in their head. <laughs> Tell and tell somebody that. that like five years ago. <laughs> oh, that was. Thank you for that, Charlie. We're gonna end yep. on that note, unless. Uh, and that is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. Training camp starts soon, fam. It's like tomorrow, or if you're listening on Thursday today, uh, it's it's happening. The season is here. Preseason games start like next week. Summer vacation is officially over, and the uh, the dark comedy has begun. So uh, to keep up with all of this just absolutely outstanding stuff, uh, subscribe to Broad Street. What's up, Steph? Can we call it a dramedy instead of a dark comedy? Like, it's a dark dramedy. I don't see much drama. Like, there's no question in my mind what they're going to be. Bad. <laughs> All right, that's fair. <laughs> the trauma that will continue. There will be no drama until they are picking the fucking lottery. That's that's when the drama begins and ends for this team. <laughs> all right, yeah. So to keep up with all this just absolutely outstanding stuff, uh, subscribe to Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts, and boom, you'll get all this content and more as the season gets underway. Uh, give us a five star review too. Don't be a freeloader. 
all this content is free. All right, yeah, so for uh, for Kelly, for Charlie, for Steph, my name's Bill Matz. Uh, try to have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports? Yeah! Who's gonna score a hockey goal? Our team! No one does more hockey than our boys! The Flyers! It's 2023 and you're still looking for a baseball podcast? What's up, party people? Danny Vietti here from the Wake and Rake podcast. Yes, I know the name of our show freaking rocks. Join World Series champion Will Middlebrooks and I as we banter about the best of the best from Major League Baseball, including power rankings. One of the best players of all time. Headlines. Solidifies a dynasty. And special guests. Reese Hoskins. Stroh showed. Jose Trevino. Listen and or watch every episode of the Wake and Rake podcast, available on all your favorite listening platforms and the all-new Believe Sports channel.